Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to today's edition of the Cheapest Meal presented by Deep Fried Draft. My name is Brian Bosarge. Hey, we got a big show tonight, big week uh, for the NFL Draft coming up. It's Combine Week. Uh, On-field drills are going to get started on Friday. We're going to talk about that at length here in just a few minutes uh, with our guest tonight, Joe Everett. want to go over a few things over at deepfrieddraft.com. Right now I've been doing uh, seven-round mock drafts for uh, – a handful of NFL teams. I think I'm up to like 10, maybe eight or 10 so far. My goal is to try to get all 32 done uh, within the next month and then uh, start uh, start afresh uh, uh, in the lead up to the uh, NFL draft because I know everybody loves mock drafts, so got to get them clicks. Uh, but So let's go ahead and bring in on our guest tonight. He is the owner-operator of DraftScouts.com, and he's a contributor at uh, Bang the Book. Uh, Joe Everett, how you doing tonight there, buddy? Doing great. Uh, combine right around the corner, uh, about to be littered with hand sizes, arm lengths, and 40 times, man. It's the, it's, it's the best time of year. Uh, Joe, I understand you've been quite busy uh, here lately. Uh, the, 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 world, the world of a bassist uh it's is keeping you uh tied to the vest so uh that's why it's been wanting to get you on here and talk about talk about the combine. Oh yeah, it's always good to get a break. I've been uh playing like a madman but uh I mean, once this uh event rolls around, especially since it's in my backyard, uh I, I always go crazy when it gets set. So I kinda get about four days off to just kind of dive in with the media crew. And I guess Wednesday's uh, my official start of it with the coaches and the, the GMs and all that. And basically uh, all the media asking them what they're going to do. And then uh, every GM, every coach saying the same exact thing. of like, yeah, that, that'll be the day. I'll tell you my plans. <laughs> Is this the official start of uh, smoke season? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's out there already official. Uh, we're waving blankets, uh, <laughs> gauging in the wind. I mean, it, it's pretty much started, I think, even with uh, with uh, Kyler Murray's agent and all his talk and what he's going to weigh. And it's, I mean, we, I think we're in the thick of it. So, yeah, the on-field, uh, you said uh, Wednesdays when um, everybody gets there, starts doing the medical checks and everything, and then the on-field workouts, which is the part that I get to see because – I'm not there in Indy like you, um, get started on Friday. So i got to tell you, aside from the interviews and what does the combine do for you as, as an evaluator? Well, I think it just helps you line up the prospects that you had close. I always like to say it's the – I think overused is the apples-to-apples apples comparison, but – uh, I I really think it does. It, it kind of helps you delineate prospects that you had pretty close um, that you really might have uh, just shoulder to shoulder there, and you're, you're looking at the difference, and you're looking 
I think some of those teams flat out are looking for qualifiers that, you know, we're just not taking a defensive end or edge rusher that's got arms shorter than X, you know, or that, that that's shorter than this. I mean, that's, I think that's what they're all they're doing at, at the league at this point is just uh, marking off uh, boxes, checking off boxes, so to speak. And then the, the, the biggest part of it is what we'll never know is the actual, those doctor's results that are, you know, I mean, under lock and key, like they should be. It's confidential. Hell, this is people's medical records here, so it should be confidential. But uh, the bottom line is that's what that's what all this is for and what all these teams huddle around in, in Indy for. I mean, that's, that, that's the whole purpose of it, to just get one unifying report by one medical uh, just like a group there and say, no, this is it. This is where everybody had them. And um, I think that's definitely the biggest deal. But for me, what I get out of it is, yeah, just – uh, seeing these guys move, uh, and maybe it's it's a waste of time for some, but, I mean, hell, the, some of these drills I, I love. I mean, I love seeing those linemen in the mirror drills. Uh, I love seeing the offensive linemen in the uh, – some people probably hate it, but the one where they've got to just get up right from a, a laying down position and then read and react from the coaches and just seeing them change direction, seeing them regroup, gather their weight and accelerate like that – Maybe it's crazy to me, dude, but it tells me a lot about, uh, I think, a lineman's skill set and what they're able to do in a game. I mean, it's, it's. Uh, I think it's a lot more than just a forty-yard dash for a for the other positions. But for for some men, like wide receiver, corner, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to live and die by that forty, no matter what anybody says. Yeah, you're talking about one of the offensive linemen. I remember last year, I believe it was James Daniels, the center from Iowa. And I saw him do, I believe it was the mirror drill or whatever. I'm like, this is the smoothest cat I've ever seen of any offensive lineman I've ever watched at the combine. I've never seen somebody so smooth as he was. Should have been drafted a lot higher than he was and had a great uh, first year for the Bears. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some – I think the one that sticks out to me, it's probably dating back too many years now, but Brandon Scherf, just watching him work, you're like, holy cow, that's a professional athlete right there. I mean, just – I mean, he's he's going to start to hit the ground running, and sure, you know, proofs in the pudding there. Yeah, well, they both have that one thing in common is they played at the University of Iowa, and you, you, they always tell you to scout the player and not the helmet, but I'll be damned, Joe, if I know I'm a University of Iowa offensive lineman, I'm going to get a solid football player. Yeah, that coach knows a thing or two. I mean, you know, call it a hunch, but uh, he, he, it's it's also his recruiting too. Like the 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 guys he brings in, I think he knows what he's going to get out of them and 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 what he can teach him. And yeah, a lot of those boy, they're just finished products when they leave uh, when they leave Iowa. All right, let's uh, we're going to kind of go through a handful of positions here. Uh, combine, break it down a few things. So let's start with the quarterbacks because we kind of have to. Now, we, me and you both, we had the benefit of being down here at the Senior Bowl, and we saw eight eight of these quarterbacks down there. So we know what they can do. We, we've seen them throw in practice. We, we've seen all this. So is this basically anybody in this QB group, does any of them matter other than Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins? Basically, that's who we're there for. Uh, there's maybe some sleepers that could make a little bit of a difference, but that's uh, that's what this event 
it's it's around him too, and um, the pressure I think is on uh, Kyler if he's I, well. I mean, you know, if he doesn't throw, that's fine. Um, and then Haskins, but I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Not only is this kind of designed around them, but I, I look at them saying like, boy, it's um, if they make the decision to throw, it's uh, they're up against it. Like it, it, it better be good at this point because all they can do, in my opinion, is lose a little bit of draft stock. So uh, I think Haskins kind of has to perform. Um, I don't, I don't doubt that he will. Uh, but uh, it, certainly it, it, it'll be – I think the quarterbacks we saw at the Senior Bowl, it's not going to be as much to prove. And um, I don't know, I think y- your boy, Mr. Tyree Jackson, that's the guy I'd be kind of excited about here because the, the combine, they just want you to see it let loose, spin it, and looking at the rest of the quarterbacks. And then when Tyree kind of – hammers a couple way deep, I think a lot of eyes are going to open. So this it should be a good event for, for your guy. Yeah, I, I'm kind of anxious to see what he runs, too, because I don't think he's going to hit that 40 fast. I, to me, he's got that build-up speed, and I, I just I don't, I don't see the, the anything maybe around a 4.7 or something, but I, I don't see anything faster than that. Um, Talking about Haskins and Murray, Haskins has gone on record saying he's gonna he's doing everything. He's throwing, he's running, he's agility and all that. Murray has kind of been, eh, we'll see. So uh, does that make a difference to you at all? I mean, you said it doesn't really matter if Murray throws or not, but I mean, that, if Haskins is doing it, doesn't he need to? I don't know that he needs to. I mean, it's it's. You know, honestly, if he is going to beef up to 200-whatever it's going to be, that kind of tells you he's not going to do much of anything. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know that there's a need to. I mean, he's going to probably just wait to the pro day anyways, and so many other quarterbacks have done it. That that, that one doesn't bother me as much. It just makes me look at Haskins as, uh, you know, taking on the challenge, having a little bit more confidence. Uh, it endears me more to him, I guess, I, as the process goes along, it it does give me a little more fishiness of Murray. It's like, man, you, you're not going to throw. You're not going to do much anything. Weird interviews. Um, but the pro day, he better be shining. That's what I, I do have to say about Murray if he doesn't do anything at the combine. But, um, yeah, if anything, this makes me, like I said, I warm up to Haskins if he's going to embrace the, the challenge and just, you know, it's whatever step it is. Uh, just answer the bell, then it makes me like him even more. Um, with Kyler Murray, I think we can both agree the most important thing that's going to come out of this is how tall is he, how big are his hands, and how much does he weigh? Because you said he's beefed up to over 200 pounds. I mean, to me, that's that's fake weight because I just I can't see him playing at that weight. <laughs> so I mean, that that's that's. I mean that's that's that man pumping in that protein shakes just to just to try to say look I'm 200 pounds and when he's playing he's a buck 75. Yeah, if he's playing at 180, you know I I don't know what he's playing. It's definitely not 200 and yeah, it's probably two milk jugs full of water right before the weigh-in that helps him get past <laughs> 200. But um, I, I think you're right that hand size. It's going to be uh, huge. I expect him to be kind of sub five ten too. But I just, at the height thing, at, at this point where we are in the league, I mean, what was Russell five ten and a half? 
maybe 205, maybe 206, 200 something. So I mean, it's Russell was uh, I think hands. He was big at the combine, though. I'm not. Huh. I would have to go back and look, but I know he was. He was at the Senior Bowl. I want to say he was around 220. So and, 220, and he had yeah. the 10 inch. He had over the ten inch hands, so Russell and that, that. I mean, that's why I don't get the Russell comparisons to Murray, other than they're both short and played baseball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just looking at him. I'm not that I'm some hand expert, but I guarantee his hands aren't as big as Russell's. There at the, what do you say, size ten? That's kind of that's alienish for his size. Yeah. And and I don't want to, and I'm not taking anything away from Kyler Murray, the football player. I think he's a hell of a player. And, and if he's the pick for the Bengals at 11, I'm not going to be mad. So it's like I, I, I just I don't get some of the stuff that surrounded him. It's, it's kind of bothering me a little bit. Well, let's move on to the running backs now. And uh, we've got a good group there. And uh, my, my, my top running back right now is Travion Williams at Texas A&M. Pretty sure he's going to be fast. I think he's going sub four four uh, when he runs. Uh, who else? Who else in this running back group do you think uh, the testing is going to matter the most for? Well, you you nailed it for me too. I think yeah, Travian's going to fly. Um, the 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 Memphis backs they're advertised to test extremely well. I like Pollard as far as running the fastest. Uh, I think. Those kickoffs he he ran in, uh, that's just kind of proof that he was the fastest guy on the field. Sure, he had a lot of blocking help, but uh, Pollard is um, – it, it's evident when you watch him play. That guy's definitely got a third gear. Um, the Oklahoma State Justice Hill, uh, that back, he's – I think he should really blaze. He just looks that, – that, that's another back. I mean, that, if, if he's not running fast, then I'm just not seeing it right. Uh, the sleeper – it's hard to call a guy who was a five-star high school recruit a sleeper, but Miles Sanders, Penn State, I, I think he's probably going to turn in a good time and look at all the history of these Penn State players. I mean, even the backup DBs sit there and run four three eight forties. So uh, something tells me Miles Sanders, he's going to turn in a pretty respectable uh, a 40 there's um you know I, I think this is that class of backs it's so deep man there there's a lot of guys that can play in this group um i think madison the boise state back he's probably going to do some things um but yeah I, if, if i had to pick the fastest one it'd be between pollard and and your guy williams uh boy betting i i'd probably want to bet on williams because like i think you're right it could be sub four four if it's not four three something, I'm gonna say he had a bad day. You uh you mentioned the the, the backup D B from Penn State that had blew up the combine last year. You're a dynasty uh fantasy guy. Did, does he do anything at all or is he even on a roster anymore? I have no idea. Troy Apke, I think is his name, right? Troy Apke. Yeah. <sighs> Well, you got me. She certainly did not do anything IDP-wise. I'm going to say he got redshirted for a, a team. Like, I don't remember him getting tackles. Is he on the Raiders or Redskins? Yeah, he's on the Redskins. I, I want to say, say Redskins. I don't know that he got any stats, though, man. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a minute for him. Right, 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 right. 
Uh, let's move on to the wide receiver group. And uh, we've all seen the picture floating around, DK Metcalf from Ole Miss. At what point is he too big? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with uh, – I was listening to uh, the draft dudes. Uh, Kyle Krabs put it, I think, best. It's like, man, this is post-workout. He is all jacked up probably after about an hour and a half, you know, just going at it. And the the, the angle is very flattering. And, and also you listen to interviews with his teammates, with his coaches, and it's like, yeah, he's a freak. I've never seen anything like it. And these are Division One athletes. They've seen plenty of badass guys coming through, but they're they're telling us DJ's the baddest ass they've seen. So I'm I'm willing to believe it, and uh, I'm going to believe him until he runs that slow forty, which I just don't think he's going to. Man, I'm I'm actually expecting a four four something. Uh, if it's a high four fours, we've really got a situation on our hands. If it's low four fours, holy, I mean, guy caramba. Like this is a. I don't think he's too big, man. It's just uh, uh, it, there's there's game proof of him moving that fast and carrying that weight. So uh, I, I, we're about to find out, and that's definitely one of the excitement factors of this position. I mean, I remember I read something about people criticizing this skill position group, but I don't care that there's no like headliners per se at wide receiver. I think there's some really intriguing stories in that that Metcalf. At. He's one of them with the the bloodlines he's got with the athletic tests he's supposed to. Have. It's that that guy is definitely a wild card in this whole class. But uh, I, I I'm 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 ready to buy in. You know I don't think it's too big. And hey man, for, for a couple of seasons David Boston was working really well for the Cardinals. I think he just ran into some personal problems more so than uh, uh, physical limitations. Yeah, you're probably not wrong. Uh, to to put a bow on the Troy Apke deal, because I'm not one to let something go like this. Um, he played in two <laughs> games last year, had one tackle. So, <laughs> two games, one tackle, yeah, went on hour. So. That's two fantasy points. Yeah. <laughs> not, not worth that kind of investment, I guess. Um, there's some other wide receivers. I think the combine is probably – I think we both we all expect guys like Metcalf to test well and as well as others, but a handful of guys, these bigger wide receivers, like uh in no particular order, JJ Orsega Whiteside, Hakeem Butler from Iowa State, Nikhil Harry, Arizona State, and maybe to a lesser extent David Seals from West Virginia. These are guys who were highly productive in college, uh but some think they may struggle to separate at the next level. So are these some guys that they really need to show it out here at the combine? Yeah, those are the, the three wide receivers I wrote down who need to impress. Uh, Harry, uh, Hakeem Butler, will he suffer the same fate as his teammate, Alan Lazard? Because I forget what it was. I don't want to say it was a four six nine or something even worse for Alan Lazard. Uh, and if Butler runs something high four sixes, that's that's going to be the end of him. I think AJ Brown may have to worry uh, if he runs something in that range. That that really uh, be be a bad omen on him. And then like all the rumors about Nikhil Harry, uh, I don't want to believe it. 
just for the simple fact, you know, hearing Manny Wilkins talk about him, um, hearing Herm Edwards talk about him, like this is a guy that just comes to work every day and the fact that he doesn't want to train, that's just, it's tough for me to buy on that. But, um, no, it's especially the last couple of seasons, you know, uh, guys like Simi Cobbs, who I've watched a lot at IU, I thought for sure he'd, you know, get drafted as a, a player, but, you know, once you they figure out you can't run, it's just a it's just a completely different league now, and that's where guys like Marquise Brown, you know, Hollywood Brown, would he have been drafted as high ten years ago? I don't think so. It's just such a different league now to where if you can burn, and they know you can run for more than two quarters at a four three, then yeah, that now you're you're a day one pick as opposed to in previous years you had to bring the size. Now it's it, they don't even care about size. Bring me the sub four four guys. Right, and there's another wide receiver that's near and dear to my heart, uh, Debo Samuel. And there's a lot of people that think he's probably going to run in the, the mid four five range. And honestly, I think that's probably right just from what you see on tape, but he's a, it's different for him. And I'll, and I'll say a guy like AJ Brown as well, where they're not going to run the blazing 40, I don't believe, but to me, I don't really care because I know they separate in other ways. Oh yeah. Especially with Debo. It's, uh, it's not as much about straight line. It's the creativity as a ball carrier, uh, it's the knack he has for getting separation, and it's laterally he's so explosive. I just hope for a guy like that, he goes to a team that knows how to use him and wants to get creative with him because he's not just a wide receiver. He, he does a ton, and, I, you know, personally, I don't know how you feel about it. I would love it if the Green Bay Packers uh, got a piece of him. They're about to get rid of Randall Cobb, and if there is a – new fresh version of Randall Cobb coming out. I, I see kind of the similar traits in Debo. He's just got so many different ways he could kill you and uh, so many different ways he could be used. I'd hope, uh, like I said, it's just, it doesn't have to be the Packers, just a team that uh, isn't going to let him go to waste and say, oh, we've got a slot receiver. We'll just throw it to him X amount of times in the game. It's like, no, you've got a little bit more than just a slot man. Right. No, I agree. And I, I think Green Bay would be a perfect fit for him because, you know, especially if he gets Rodgers' trust early in camp, he's going to be Rodgers' guy. Uh, speaking of a guy who I've seen mocked consistently to the Green Bay Packers early and often here uh, in the draft process is Iowa tight end Noah Fant. He's going to blow it up uh, Saturday, isn't he? He should. Uh, that's what's to be expected. Uh, he it, it, He's a full wide receiver in my books, so uh, he kind of has to get it out there. That's another, like, prospects backs up against the wall. Like, we're expecting stuff out of Noah Fant. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be putting him up against it, whereas I think a guy like Alizé Mack is a, a little bit more of a sleeper where I know he's an athlete, but – Maybe other people aren't uh, as expecting it as much. And then I don't know what to make out of Dawson Knox, the old Miss tight end, man. I've I've heard great things. And if he is uh, this super athlete, that's all well and good. I just still, like, would parking people to go back. It's like, what has he done on, you know, what footage do we have of him being a, a real difference maker? That's the the real challenge I'm, I'm finding with him. And then the tight end, I, I, I'm – 
still waiting for my boy Dax. Uh, I think Dax Raymond could uh, have a nice combine with the stuff, just the space mover he is and uh, the length he's got. I think that's a guy uh, maybe people don't expect it out of him. He may surprise some folks. I'll tell you another guy who I want to see uh, see how he times this week. And because uh, there's uh, it's been brought to my attention, various guys talking him up this week. And that's, I'm, I'm going to butcher his name here. Cahale Waring from San Diego State, 6'6", 250. This guy looks beautiful out there on the football field, Joe. I'm not seeing a ton of them, but, yeah, this whole Cahale uh, Waring, I guess, I don't know. Uh, you, you got me. That's the yet another one of these underclassmen that jump on the scene. But I, I do know one thing about that program. You cannot play too much tight end uh, there without being if able you to can't block. block. Uh, Rocky, <laughs> you know, like, is, so he can't? Does he not no, get no, in no, line no, at no, all? Man, you can't. No, no. No, 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 no. I'm saying you oh, okay. can't play there if you can't block. Oh, exactly. Like, everybody, I don't even care. Like, even if you play running back, like, Richard Penny was a savage blocker on special teams, even when he had to. So, like, it's it's part of the program there. Like, they, they if they had their druthers, they'd just run every damn play. So, uh, right. that's what I would expect, that he's actually an inline Y. But I've just, to be honest, like, you know, say it was so bad they had that quarterback injury this last year. I did not watch a ton of Aztec ball this year. I didn't either. That tight end and, was and one of my casualties. I have watched, watched so much San Diego State over the last two or three years with Pumphrey because you know, I, you know, I was a Pumphrey guy, and then with Penny, and then this year I just kind of watched a handful maybe, and he, I, I guess I wasn't focusing in on him, but. uh so I'm gonna to have to go back in uh, in these next couple of months and and crack down on that and see. And uh, so I'm kind of kind of wanting to see uh, what he does at the combine to to see if I warrant needing to go back. Um, offensive well, lineman, we'll just do a quick we'll just do a quick uh, overview on this. Uh, anybody you think on the offensive line position is going to pull an Orlando Brown this year? <laughs> I don't. I don't want to put that on anybody, but I, I just I would hope at this day and age, with everybody you know watching the combine and tuning in, you know, uh, no one's going to have a wardrobe malfunction or some super five eight uh, five nine like we can't get to a six again. But uh, no, I, I'm not envisioning any of these guys being too terribly sloppy. Um, trying to pick uh, who who I would pick like just blatantly slowest one. I don't know, maybe Greg Little's kind of terribly fast or just like a lot slower than uh, what we expect. Well, I'm just kind of looking at a handful. Uh, Oklahoma, again, Cody Ford solicited at 6'3", 343. I don't know, maybe hmm. he's maybe he's a sloppiness out there. Uh, that's just a quick, quick gaze. So I don't know. Hopefully not. I'm with you. Nobody wants to. I don't, nobody wants to see anybody embarrassed out there running like was it Damian Mama? I think from Southern Cal a few years ago. That was pretty awful as well. Horrible to watch. I mean, come on. Yeah. The worst is if you get beat by Rich Eisen. Like I think that's got to be in every prospect's mind. It's like, man, you got to get sub six or else you're going to get beat. 
by a middle or overage white man. You know, like I can't let this happen to me on national television. Let's let's move on to defense. And uh, Nick Boza says he's hundred percent full go. He's doing all the workouts. So, what what does he need to do here in Indy that can say, hey, pick me number one? I don't think uh, he needs to, like, uh, there's, like, you know, pressure on him to do anything. I think he's just got to be basically where he's at. If he's, you know, just 4'8 range, uh, respectable L drill, Um, even if he turns in a weak bench, I don't think that's his game, Uh, bull rush and and brute force. It's more hand usage, finesse and uh, leverage is his game. I think he really is a football player. That's what I love about him. It's uh, He is blessed with the size, but I don't think it's like he's as much – I mean this the best way possible. I don't think he's much of a thug as his brother to where, like, he's really got some nuance to his game. So I don't know that I'm like – I need to see too terribly much. I think it's just check a few boxes. You know, don't don't – bring in some or less than 30-inch vertical, you know, don't come in at 4.9 in the 40. I, I mean, I think that's just I'm, – I'm looking for him to not ring any alarm bells more than anything. I think this guy is – if he's not one, he's going second. And if he's going later than that, I'm just making fun of the one and two teams. I mean, I think that's just a, one of the best football players uh, in this draft. I mean, it's no-brainer, right? I mean, I think so. I mean, I, I think it's neck and neck, him and Quentin Williams uh, from Alabama, uh, to see who's going to be the, my number one overall prospect. Um, Rashawn Gary, Michigan, is this where he comes back out on everybody's radar? Yeah. <laughs> the tour de force begins in March for one Rashawn Gary. It's uh, This is what he needs to do, though, too. It's another prospect, I think, yeah, uh, he has to perform at this point, but I'm fairly confident there's going to be some ridiculous 40 leaps. I think his broad is going to be very, very good for that size. Um, That's where he's going to really flash that explosion, and people are going to start talking again uh, about Gary in a whole new light. Our good buddy Scott Wright turned me on to this guy, and and I've seen – couple of other in draft media start hyping him up a little bit underclassman from north carolina a&t daryl johnson 65 231 joe you know anything about this guy i have not seen much of no the only north uh, a&t guy or north carolina was the the quarterback and i didn't like him and i'm like yeah that that's the two games is enough for me so apparently i've Skipped right over Mr. Uh, Aggies there. Were they the Aggies? They're not the Aggies, are they? They're the Aggies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, but yeah, Scott is, was hyping him up as a mid-round, uh, as a mid-round guy that can come in and you know contribute on the sub packages early, and such of that nature. Uh, he he thinks he's going to have a big, uh, a big day in Indy. Might have to keep my eye on him. All right, let's go. Let's, let's skip linebackers because, uh, well, I just don't really want to talk about them. Uh, corners, well, you know, we're going to talk about them. Joe, heading into the combine, who are your top three corners? Tell me what separates those guys from everybody else. 
Oh, my top corner is probably the same as everybody. It's greedy. Um, love the program. Love the length. Um, it's not like he's got wonderful footage, but uh, uh, the success you have with him, Tiger DBs, it, it's just hard not to put him number one. Then I've got the Washington kid, Byron Murphy. Uh, I just... Again, nothing wrong with Chris Peterson and what he's doing with DBs there, All-American second team. Um, I think he's another guy, too. He's If, if it's not 4-4, four, four, low 4-4s, four, I'd be kind of shocked with Byron Murphy. I don't think he's going to be the fastest corner, but he'll be high on that list. Uh, and then three, I, I still want to put DeAndre Baker, but I'm going Homer and Julian Love, Notre Dame. Uh, I really like that kid. And I think another guy, underrated speed, um, he played. I, I'm convinced he was just too banged up in that last game for the Irish, and that was definitely one of the deal breakers. Out That and just getting out recruited. But uh, uh, bottom line, I think that's one of our best defensive players, and he was at much less than 100%. So he's my uh, three, but I will begrudgingly admit that is that is blatant homerism right there. I got, I've got Murphy one, Greedy two, but they're close, so close. And uh, I've got oh. Baker three over Love, and I have Love four. So we're close. But there's a couple of guys here I've got in the top ten. I want to talk. I want you to expunge on these guys a little bit, and they're both listed at six three. So the big corners: Jawan Williams, Vanderbilt, Justin Lane, Michigan State, underclassmen, six three corners. Talk to me, Joe. Yeah, Williams I like the most. Uh, he's he, I don't know if he's going to be 6'3", but he's definitely 6'2 and change from just looking at him. Uh, ball hawk, flat out. He's got the build, but I, he's not slow. You, you'd expect a big old stork-legged guy like that to be uh, tough to change directions, but he's got good reactionary speed. And another guy, that Vandy defense, they're producing pro players, so uh, he gets not only come by invite for good reason, but I expect him at that size. If he's just anywhere mid four fives, that'd be a great time for him. And then Justin Lane, I confess I didn't watch a ton of Michigan State, but that's another guy like uh, like the length, like the 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 program he's coming from. But still, like I I can't say I've sat there and watched a ton of his games. Um, uh, so I've, I've, of the two, I'm a bigger fan of Juwan Williams, but just of exposure. I got you. All right, Joe, I'm going to take a quick quick 90-second uh, break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk about prop bets. Everybody loves prop bets, Joe. Hang on just a, just a minute. Nice. Are you thinking about a trip to Disney World, to Disneyland, and you don't know where to start? What's an ADR? How does that whole fast pass thing work? And what in the world is MDE? Let Rebecca Bosarge, vacation specialist with Coasters and Castles Travel, help. Her services are 100% free to her clients. She can take care of all those important details to make your family vacation the very special vacation that you want it to be. Rebecca Bosarge can book your rooms, your tickets, and vacation packages for any size group. Make dining reservations. Make all fast pass reservations. She can book special event tickets. Arrange any necessary transportation. She can also set up your My Disney Experience account and even create a personal itinerary for the duration of your trip. You will not have to stress over the details when you use a knowledgeable vacation specialist like Rebecca Bosarge. 
She can book Universal Studios, Busch Gardens, Alani, Adventures by Disney, and Disney Cruise Line, as well as all major theme parks and popular vacation destinations. Contact Rebecca Bosarge today to get your planning started by emailing her at rbosarge at coastersandcastlestravel.com. You can find her on Facebook at Coasters and Castles Travel, Rebecca Bosarge, and on Facebook at Rebecca B. C&C Travel. You can also find her on Twitter at VacationsRHB. Get in touch with her today. You won't regret it. All right, Joe, welcome back. Uh, let's talk about some prop bets here, and it's all about the 40 on these props uh, from what I could find. So uh, one of them we got to cross off because he's apparently not going to run. But uh, over under, Joe, Kyler Murray, 4-3-7. Yeah, that'll, that'll probably be a push. Um, I don't know what book you got it on. I got bet online given uh, – Minus 300 on the over, um, and I tend to agree. If he if he runs and weighs in close to 200, I don't think he's his regular 4-3 self if he did run. But that's all hypothetical and academic at this point. So I'd say you just stay on away from the old Kyler Murray bets. And uh, <laughs> uh, there's a few of them out there I do like, though. Over under 4-7-1 Dwayne Haskins. I think that's a lock for over. And uh, the book I'm looking at is a minus 500 to the over. So that book definitely agrees with me. That's a yeah. primordial lock. <laughs> <laughs> over under the worst quarterback at the senior bowl, four, six, five. Oof. Let's see. I think it's over. Like, He's respectable fast, but four six five is actually really pretty good. I mean, what the the linebacker from LSU is a four six something, and, and Deion Jones, everybody loves him. Well, you know that's I don't think Trace McSorley's outrunning Deion Jones, so I, I just think if if McSorley even runs a four seven one, that would be uh, acceptable for for you know his that's that's kind of what he looks like a four seven something to me. So I'm yeah I'd go over on that, which is. Uh, surprise! That's actually a good bet here because they got it at plus two hundred on the over. So why not uh, get a little two for one? Right, we talked earlier about DK Metcalf, so we'll take a pass on that one. Uh, Josh Jacobs has got a hammy or something, so he's not doing anything but weighing in. So scratch that. Hmm. Here we go. Over under four six flat Hunter Renfro. That is probably the more interesting one because I'm tempted to go over. Uh, <laughs> straight line speed's not his thing either. I mean, I don't know what his thing really is outside of just showing up on time. Um, I'm going to say over and, and just go for the plus 150 payout because I think he's right around there. And, and to be honest, like if you heard Hunter Renfro ran four, five, six, you're like, wow. That's a good time for Hunter Renfro, so I'm I'll lean to the over on that. Uh, four six one, four six two, I think is what I got him at at estimate. You uh, you're obviously looking at a better source of these prop bets than I am, so throw out a couple other ones, Joe, if you if you've got them handy in front of you that you really like. 
Well, I, I think best 40-yard dash time this year, to me, it looks like a lock for offensive player. It's a little pricey at minus 160. I don't want to be throwing anything out there like that that uh, you want to uh, invest too much in, but I'm looking at Nicole Hardman. I'm looking at Paris Campbell. My my boy Deontay Johnson from Toledo can fly, and really on the defensive side, I don't know who's challenging at corner. It'd have to be Kendall Sheffield, Ohio State. It, 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 I, I like that Mississippi State safety, but he's not four, three, four. Yeah, I think Paris Campbell, Miko Hardman, one of them two, run away with this. So offensive player, fastest forty-yard dash at minus one sixty. I think that's a, a very reasonable bet. I, I think the McSorley one is safe, and then over on Haskins, I'd love to take it, but it's just don't do it. Minus 500 is a bad bet uh, to, to be doing at all. Um, I've got another one that's like uh, the fastest 40 is going to be a 429 over or under. I, I honestly think that's going to be under two, and that's only minus 120. I really think uh, if if Campbell doesn't do it, Hardman's going to do it. Like one of these cats, it's all you have to do is get to four two seven, four two eight. It's been done before. Heck, what did Dree Archer get a four two seven? If Dree Archer gonna run four two seven, my money's on Hardman. So I, I think I think that four two nine under, that's not a, a terrible bet right there. But uh, more more so than anything, I think it's the offensive player winning the forty. That's that's the one I feel confident in, man. It's uh, I really don't see a ton of contenders on the defensive side, but of course now watch me eat my words and you know uh, <laughs> some some corner just blazes it out and breaks John Ross's record. Well, maybe nobody listening to this will be betting the mortgage payment on. Uh combine prop bets let's hope we don't have that many degenerates <laughs> listening to the podcast I thought I was uh, bad. Who, <laughs> who who's the name that we're not talking about right now that we're going to be talking about after the combine uh, let's see I'll give it uh Alex Wesley Northern Colorado is uh well I'll give I'm going to have to take two here, take two. But uh, Alex Wesley's one, if he's healthy enough, I think that was his big problem at the Senior Bowl. I know he would have done better if he didn't have a – I think it was a hamstring injury that was bothering him. But if he's right, that guy is a track background, uh, the Northern Colorado receiver. I think a lot of people might be uh, speaking him about him in a different ilk. And then the other receiver, uh, the Malone receiver, another track background guy, Ashton Doolin. I think those two guys, um, they've got a real opportunity on their hands just because of their athletic profile and and their their strong background here. It's just not like they're learning this over just this offseason. They know about good starts. They know uh, about exactly what their target weight is and, like, maintaining. Uh, They're they're just – like this is old hat to these two cats. So I think uh, Wesley and Doolin, they've got a real chance to kind of leap up, frog, leapfrog uh, a couple receivers that are uh, ahead of them in the game right now. Pre-combine right now, who is your highest rated player that goes against the grain? Uh, the, the, I'm, I'm a wide receiver at Holic, so sorry, but uh, Antoine Wesley, Texas Tech, love him to death. I think he's a star in the making. 
uh, I, I think people that say he's too slow to separate, there's there's plenty of footage out there of not only uh, getting clean releases, but even after the catch, running away from cats at his size. The ball skills are there. Uh, I, I've seen, you know, other websites, uh, draft gurus out there have him as a mid-round pick, uh, you know, day three, and I just think that, that, that confuses the hell out of me. Uh, I'm, I'm clearly, like, uh, on my own island with that cat, but I'm fine with it. I think Antoine Wesley's a star, and I've got no problem saying that. And then I'd say to a lesser extent, Damian Harris, it seemed like maybe only Fran Duffy out there is the guy that has given Damian Harris the respect he deserves, the Rodney Dangerfield of backs this year. I just, and you know, it's another guy. It seems silly to say this about a five-star recruit, but um, I just I think he's the whole package, man. I don't see uh, a ton of weakness in his game at all. I see a leader and uh, a back that, boy, he, he he gets into a camp. I don't care who else is there. They're going to quickly realize, well, our best all-around back is this kid from Alabama. So that's the guy. He's still my number one back, and I don't see a lot of other – uh, places that uh, have him that highly rated. But one that's definitely against the grain for me is that uh, Wesley kid. I see uh, him way too low on other people's sites. It just uh, makes me want to pull my hair out. Damian Harris currently running back six on my board. Uh, and to further your point, uh, Antoine Wesley currently number 117 overall on the deep fry draft board. <laughs> I love it. So I love those, it. Pro Bowler in the making. Those were definitely against. <laughs> those were definitely against the grain. Uh, last thing I want to talk about: uh, we're three weeks in now. Give me your early thoughts on the Alliance of American Football. I'm enjoying the heck out of it, man. Uh, and it, I think you just like me, Brian. You see so many of these guys that we've. Uh, poured scouting reports over, watched games, and uh, debated over uh, uh, seeing Quentin Patton up there as one of the the, the leaders in receiving, and uh, the, the Zach Stacy. I could go on. I mean, Shakir Soto. A little shout out to CGS, Mikhail McKay, the Cincinnati receiver, um, Charles Johnson. I'm still confident that guy can play. Uh, the, the, the the games he had for the Vikings with Teddy Bridgewater, they had some unspoken chemistry that was going on. I think a lot of people saw it, and uh, that, that that's one that still bothers me, why he's not in the league. It must be something personal, but um, or, you know, just didn't get along right with the coach staff at the time. And then Dearness Johnson, the back from South Florida, that's one uh, – that's right up the Antoine Wesley road for me, I expect. I had Dearness Johnson ranked very high because, you know, hearing so much from his coaches that this is one of our best players all around, regardless of position, we love Dearness Johnson. We can count on him to do special teams. He can be a gunner, return, you just name it. He'll do anything. And uh, uh, that's a guy that just he didn't give a sniff in the league. So, yeah, seeing him getting out there at least, uh, getting an opportunity, I think that's, to the core of me, what I love so much about the old school AFL. I uh, watch. I mean, you got a special on the AFL to to shoot me, to hit me up on Twitter. I'll watch it, man. That's some of my favorite stuff from the '60s. Those those guys got chances, and they actually got an opportunity to play. And so many 
coaches and players got included in the league that we know today just because of that, uh, you know, virgining league there. And maybe this is the start of something new for these other cats. So, yeah, turn on the television, seeing some of these guys' dreams come true, that is the uh, prevailing thought that I get. And that's why I want to watch more. But personally, man, Quentin Patton out there making plays warms my heart. Uh, that's one of the players uh, you, you get to interview so many of these guys. And uh, twice I've been asked, hey, what's what's your name? What are you doing here? And that's Quentin Patton and Cameron Jordan of the New Orleans Saints. Those are the only two players ever asked me where I was from, what my name is. I mean, and it floored me. I'm like, dude, you're a human being. I can't believe it. So, yeah, Quentin Patton, man, that's one uh, I found the table for him because uh, he is a human being. And, uh, boy, I hope uh, I hope for great things. Maybe maybe this uh, AAF experience, he could parlay it into something. But more so than anything, it is, uh, it's a lot of fun just to see these cats play again because I love watching them. And, um, yeah, just uh, it's, it's also football in a time where we have none. Too, so that 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 helps. I was talking to Jeff Risden uh, last week about it, and I told him I said my favorite thing of the AAF is the pace of play, and how every game is pretty much over in two and a half hours, and this is something college mm-hmm. football needs to adapt like tomorrow. No, that's a good point. They are going fast. I do like the pace of play. Oh, and I just love having the old ball coach back too. That uh, that don't hurt. <laughs> well, he, my my relationship with him's not as 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 good as it used to be after the way he left South Carolina. So, I'm I'm not I'm not a big Steve Spurrier fan anymore. Joe, that's going to do it for tonight, man. Tell everybody uh, where we can find your work. Well, uh, just going to be rocking it out at the combine, so you can follow me on Twitter at Joe W Everett. Um, going to be. Getting some draft Bible stuff going again, believe it or not. The entire draft Bible crew for reunion in Indianapolis this week. So I don't know what exactly is going to happen, but something going to happen. So I'm just going to put it like that. Follow me on Twitter. Links will be flying. Uh, interviews will be happening, and uh, many beers will be had. And, and when in doubt, if you're in Indianapolis, just go to the Slippery Noodle. You're going to run into me or Rick. <laughs> All right, Joe. Hey, man, uh, thanks for coming on tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Awesome. Looking forward to it, man. That was Joe Everett, uh, draftscouts.com, nfldraftbible.com, bangthebook.com is where you can find his work. And as he said, he's going to be at the Combine this week. So follow him on Twitter, at Joe W. Everett, uh, to to see all of his uh, contributions to the NFL draft community uh that's going to do it for tonight's episode uh as always you can follow me on twitter at deep fried draft and find all of my work at deep thanks everybody for listening until next time